But first, I'm going to pray, and then we will get moving. Okay? So, Father in heaven, we just thank you and praise you that we can come together, Lord, to have fellowship, have a time of learning, have a time of encouragement, have a time of gaining from your wisdom, Lord, that you pen down through King David. And Lord, we just pray that you would just take this time, Lord, let it be for your glory, Lord, and that it would be just about you, not about anybody else, Lord, doesn't matter who it is in this room, Lord, let this be about you and what you have to say, and what you want to speak. Lord, we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear your wisdom, Lord, that you would use me to speak to these men and even to myself. Lord, we just praise you, we thank you, and we give you this time. May your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So Psalm 32. Now, I have not really planned how I'm going to go about teaching this, but I'm trusting that the Spirit's got a, got a plan here. So we're just going to we're gonna go for it. How does that sound? How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered? How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit? When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in the flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with me. Do not be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall, shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. This is one of those Psalms that let's just be honest. You don't actually need a whole lot of explaining okay? because David is just very upfront with what's happening here. Okay? He, he talks about, you know, the person who is blessed is the one whose transgressions are not being held against them. Right. And we all now pretty much understand that the only way your transgressions are not held against you is if you have surrendered to Christ and you are following him and have asked to join into his righteousness, into his life, right? That's how transgressions are not held against us, right? Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the propitiation. He is the one who covers every sin if you will come to him, right? He died once and doesn't need to die again because okay? he defeated sin. He defeated death. And so you can see that David's kind of got a foreshadowing of what Christ is going to accomplish. 
Oh, and if you go through the Psalms and you see some other things from David, you see foreshadowings of Christ. And you see that there's even a part where he says that, that he saw Jesus, pre-incarnate Jesus at one point. Okay? So he is looking forward. This is how everybody in the Old Testament lived. They were always looking forward and having faith forward in the coming Messiah. Okay? So David is living that way. But here he's saying that you're blessed if your transgressions are not being held against you. So if you today have already surrendered to Christ and are following him, you're blessed. You may not think it because you're like, well, I live in a homeless, homeless rescue mission right now. How can you call that blessed? Well, you ain't got no bills to worry about. You get three meals a day. You have a place to sleep that's safe. You are blessed. Right? And that's the other part. You are blessed spiritually. Okay? Because you are forgiven. You are set free from sin. And that's where he goes on. He says, How blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Again, he is not holding your sin against you. Okay? If you are walking around today thinking that your sin is just being held over you, going... <laughs> right? God's not doing that. God does not hold our sin over us. He says, if I have already forgotten it, I am going to leave it forgotten. And he doesn't bring it back and go, <laughs> he's not some cruel dictator. Right? He wants us to live in the freedom that we have in Christ. He doesn't want us to walk in the fear that our sins are still going to come against us. Will you continue to sin? Absolutely. Okay? But you need to do is trust him to help you sin less. Okay? So if your if your if your iniquities or your sin are not held against you, can you live a much better and blessed life? Yeah. We need to hold to that understanding, right? Because if we don't, we're going to constantly be in this fear that God's going to bring it back and go, look at what you did. Okay, There's only one accuser, and the only accuser that we know of is Satan. He's the only accuser of the brethren. He's constantly accusing us. Even though he's also sometimes the one that's kind of directing us, going, hey, maybe you should do this. And then he points his finger at you and goes, look at what you did. You know? So know today, if you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Hey, as long as you continue to abide in Christ, you will be forgiven. That doesn't give you license to just go do whatever you want. Okay, It's not unlimited. <laughs> okay, There is a limit to what God will allow. And at some point, if you continue in sin, he's going to give you over to a mind that just never wants to repent, that never wants to turn to him. Oh, but the Bible is just filled with constant chances. God is constantly given chances over and over and over again to people. And we are all beneficiaries of that. 
We've all been given chance after chance. It's like, here's a second chance. Well, here's another second chance. And here's another second chance. The second chances don't end unless you want them to. It's your choice. Are you going to continue to live for yourself and in sin? Or are you going to understand that you are blessed because you have been set free and God will not visit your sins against you anymore? Okay. But here's where David turns it a little bit. Because he's confessing the fact that he's held on to sin and wasn't confessing it. That's why he says, when I kept silent. Right? How many of us, we stay silent about our sins? We don't, we don't want to confess because somebody's going to judge me for that. Well, we're supposed to confess our sins. We're supposed to confess to God. And to our brothers. We're supposed to confess when we mess up. And why is that? So that they can come alongside and help us. Right? If you fail, you want somebody to come up next to you and go, all right, man, let's not do that again. Now let's walk forward together. Okay. So, when he didn't, though, when he didn't confess, when he's been holding on to his sin, he says, I am wasting away. I'm groaning all day long. Your hand is heavy upon me. Because God's trying to tell him, you need to repent. So he's being heavy-handed upon him. And then he says his vitality is dried up. Right? He has no life left. This is what sin does to us. You want to know what's wrong with you and why sometimes you're struggling with things? It's because you're holding on to sin. Because you're not confessing it and you're not repenting. This is why sometimes things happen to us. Our body will respond to the spiritual things that are happening within us. Right? If we're spiritually alive, a lot more times we're able to handle the problems of life a lot better. We're able to move forward if we're spiritually alive, but we're still dealing with a lot of physical stuff. Right? Right? Like I can be struggling with some depression, but because I have life in God and in Christ and I'm going to his word and I am having fellowship with other believers, I can continue to move forward in life and not want to go down a very dark road. Okay? I know this because I've been there twice. I know what it feels like to go down that dark road. And we all know what I'm talking about, so I don't need to say the word. Okay? But I've been there and I get it. It's dark. <laughs> Depression's not a fun thing. Neither is anxiety. But all these things are also, most of the time, manifestations of a sin issue. Are they always? No. So don't hear me wrong. There's not a demon behind every little thing. Okay. There are physiological things that take place within our bodies that affect. But a lot of times they are enhanced because of our sin that is unconfessed and that we continue to live in. Okay, So David's showing that. He's saying, I was feeling this stuff. I was feeling it hard. And it was coming down on me because God wants him to confess and repent of those things. And then he says, Okay, I've gone through I've gone through enough, God. I give up. 
right? He says, I acknowledge my sin to you. My iniquity, I did not hide. He's not hiding anymore. Because why try to hide from God? He already knows everything. How many of you know what it's like to hide? Come on. Come on. I know. I know. I've hidden plenty of things. It's easy. It's easy for us to hide, right? To isolate, to run away. But we can't run that far from God. I mean, he'll let you run, but he's always going to know where you are. He's always going to know what you're doing. In the garden, he didn't need to say, where are you? He knew where they were. He knew they were hiding. He didn't have to ask all those questions, but he did because he wanted them to confess. We need to have confession. And that's why sometimes we have this like heaviness on us. Think about it. After David had his little uh, romp in the sheets with Bathsheba and then has her husband killed on the battle line, he was holding on to that until Nathan comes and rebukes him. And then we see in Psalm 51 this amazing repentance of David. Go, go read it. If you are struggling with repentance in any way, go read Psalm 51. Okay? It is a psalm all about confession and repentance. It's awesome. But God weighed on David in that time. Anytime David was living for himself, God weighed on him. And the man after God's own heart learned what it means to confess and repent. And he would confess to God. But you have to believe that he also confessed to other people, like the prophet Nathan. And we might not see, see it all throughout the Bible. We may not see it sometimes. But David was a man of confession. And he knew what it meant to be repentant because it was always turning away from the thing that you are doing and coming back to God and following him wholeheartedly. He wants us to live for him wholeheartedly. It is surrendering that thing, whatever that pet sin is you got that you keep pulling out your pocket every time you feel like, man, I want to feel good right now. Right? We all have that sin. For some guys, it's pornography. For some guys, it's drugs. For some guys, it's alcohol. For some guys, it's sleeping too much. For some guys, it's eating. Name it. If you use it to honor and glorify yourself, it is a tool to worship your idol. And we've already talked about that in the last couple weeks. Okay. He says, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and he will forgive me. God will forgive you, right? In James, it talks about confessing and you will be forgiven. In 1 John, it talks about confessing and you will be forgiven. Are we starting to get the idea here? Confession and repentance is a very important thing within the Christian walk. It is extremely important. And if you're holding on to something, I'm not asking you to get up and confess your whole life right now. But go to somebody who you know is a strong believer in Christ, whether it's a staff member or even somebody in this room, or you have a pastor at a church that you're already going to, go to that person and confess and and just be like, here you go.
We can handle it. Sure, some of it might be like, whoa, didn't know, didn't know that. No. Anything that's not illegal. I mean, yes, come and confess that, you know, you're going to need to pay your time on that type of stuff. But either way, God wants us to honor him by confessing to one another. Okay? You have to think of it in that way, that it is God honoring. It brings him glory for us to confess to him and to others. You know, and then live in it. Live in the fact that you've been forgiven. So again, it's that immediacy. If you sin, immediately go to God. I don't know about you guys, but too often you can be sitting there scrolling on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the almost not dressed woman comes across the screen and you're like, what was that? And you go and dig a little bit further and then you dig a little bit further and then you dig a little bit further. And then the next thing you know, you're like, how did I end up here? Right. It's too easy. It's too easy. And it happens to all of us. There's not one of us in here that can say that doesn't happen. In order to not be around that type of stuff, you would have to basically be removed from the world. Right? But this is where you have to learn. That's what the renewing of the mind is all about. You renew your mind in Christ by saturating it in the word. Right? Because this is where we are taught how to overcome pretty much everything. Pretty much. As a matter of fact, it says this is sufficient for everything relating to life and godliness. See that? It says life and godliness. This is sufficient for everything. Sure, it doesn't tell me how to rebuild an engine, but it tells me how to be patient in doing so. Right? Because you got to have patience. you got to trust that God is going to guide you and use you in pretty much everything. And that's why we need to be open to him. Now, in, now, now, here's where I was before. Eight and nine. This is God talking. Okay. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the ways which you should go. I will cons- counsel you and y- with my eye upon you. This is God saying, I'm going to be your counselor. I'm going to be your guide. I'm going to be the one that is watching you and making sure you're going in the right direction. I will have my Holy Spirit guide you. Right at this time, David had the Holy Spirit, but other people didn't. Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on, on everyone yet. Okay? He was used at times, but not always, even though he could have. So, and he says that, I will guide you like you need to guide a horse. Right? In order to guide a horse or a mule, you've got to put the thing in their mouth to direct them which way to go. Otherwise, they know. Stay away from them, (laughs) right? They won't follow us if we don't have some sort of way to lead them, okay? So God is saying, I want to lead you. And if that means I need to put something in in you that's going to guide you in the right direction, I'm going to do it, okay? And it says here, many are the sorrows of the wicked. How many of us have lived in wickedness before? I'll raise my hand. Yes, 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 everyone. Good, thought so. Okay, we have all lived in wickedness. Were you happy? Were you joyful? 
Did you have vitality and life within you? No. Okay? And how many of us, we realize the physical effect that had on us? Right? Because in my time, I physically wanted to die. No. So if you are living within wickedness, you are going to be a man of sorrows because sin does not lead to life. Sin leads to death. Christ leads to life. An everlasting life at that. But he who trusts in the Lord... Loving kindness shall surround him. Does that mean we're all going to be Ricky? Hey, guys. Right? Oh, man, I would love to have the same kind of joy that Ricky has. I mean, but God gives everybody kind of differing amounts of gifts, right? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So if we are trusting in God and following Jesus and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, which every believer is, okay, you will have joy. And sometimes it'll be in those moments of, man, I can't believe this is happening. But for some reason, I have this weird peace about it. Like when my daughter died, I had this weird peace. I still to this day can't explain it other than God. Right? I've had family members pass away. I've had people here that I'm close to pass away. Do I miss them? Absolutely. Do I know where they are? Oh, yeah. And that's why there's peace, because God gives us peace in knowing that the believer is with him. And it says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. If today you are be living Contrary to what God has been calling you to, contrary to what the Spirit has been leading you, contrary to what the Bible has taught you, repent, confess it, and move forward. I will harp on this until they throw me out of this building that the stuff back here the stuff you did in your past, the stuff that you feel so dirty and wicked over has been erased in Christ. You might be still having consequences for it, but that's because God loves those whom he punishes, right? He says, I rebuke you. I discipline you. Punish is a little different, so change of words there. Okay. but I will discipline you. And yeah, you're going to have to suffer the consequences of the wrong things that you've done. So if you're, on, if you're on probation or parole right now, you have to go through that time because you still have laws that we have to follow within the, the, the world. Okay. But God's laws are a whole lot different. But they're easier to actually follow. Hard to think of it that way, but they're actually a lot easier to follow because he said that my commandments are not burdensome. Jesus' load is light. He says, cast your cares upon me and take my load upon you. What was Jesus' load? There's that. Crucifixion. Death. 
He says those are the light things. So when you're going through life right now, and you're starting to think, man, everything's against me. Everyone hates me. I can't believe this is happening to me. Why is this going on? Why is this happening? Blah, 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 blah. Know that today you can take your cares, cast them on Jesus. You can turn from your sin. You can be repentant and you can confess to everyone around you who you know and love. And know that your heavenly Father has taken your sins as far as the east is from the west. Why is it east from west? Because it doesn't ever end. They never meet. They never switch. You go north-south, it switches. And that's why that verse says that. He says, I will take your sins. I will take your transgressions. I will take all that junk that you did. And I will throw it aside. And I will look at you as being righteous because you are covered by the blood of my son. Of today, you're feeling run down. You're feeling like you are the worst piece of garbage in the world. Turn your life over to Christ and let him wash all that away. Amen. I know that can be tough. I know it can be tough because it's too easy. We all want to do something. We all feel like we have to do something in order to be fully forgiven. That is not true. And the Bible tells us that. So once you are forgiven, he says, live according to my commandments. So what are we going to do? Confess, repent, and turn to Christ.